You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another special edition of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And if you've been following along on the Nine Finger Chronicles side of things, you will know that this is Vortex Week. And on during Vortex Week, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out, we are talking all about Vortex uh, optics. And um, not necessarily just about the products over at uh, the, Nine, or the Nine Finger Chronicles, but I've uh, interviewed five guys, uh, or two, two, two episodes, five total people um, and those episodes turned out really well so if you want to go hear some kick-ass hunting stories and uh, you know talk to talk a little bit about hunting strategy and talk about some adventure hunting go check out the vortex week episodes that I've put out this week as well and um, uh, they're easy to find they should be at the top of the list so hunting your podcast today we're going to be talking with returning guest Mark Boardman and really what this podcast is it is a product showcase uh, about the new products that they have come out with in the past 365 days within the past year so uh, we talk about rifle scopes we talk about binoculars we talk about like uh, rifle scope accessories uh, their new tripods that they have coming out we get into the weeds about why they came out with these uh, specific products who they are kind of uh, who are they're aiming for uh, their demographic and so long story short it's just a really cool conversation with mark about new products and uh, what makes vortex special so um outside of that man i think we're just gonna hit this commercial real quick and then we will go in we'll get right into into the podcast oh before i forget i do have to say this vortex has an apparel line as well so i can get you a discount on the apparel uh, it's it's really good apparel, man, and and uh, I it's pretty much a staple of my weekly uh, wardrobe, if you want to if you want to say that. And so the discount code is nine capital F, and then finger, so nine finger, and I believe that gets you a discount of some sort. I, I want to say twenty percent, but I, 
I'm, I could be wrong. I, I completely forget what the actual discount is. But I know I've had a lot of guys reach out to me, uh, and I don't say it enough on, on the Nine Finger Chronicles and the hunting gear uh, side of things. So there's the discount code for that. But now, uh, to a true partner of the Hunting Gear podcast, and that's Code Blue Sense. And uh, for those of you guys who are following along on the Nine Finger Chronicles, you will know that I'm really looking forward to uh, stepping up my mock scrape game this year. And I'm going to do that with Code Blue Sense. And I'm going to do that specifically with the Rope Dope. And so my, my ultimate goal there is to try to get deer in front of a trail camera so that when I go to check my trail cameras, I can see what deer are there. And, and basically it's just an identifying tool. Uh, to say, okay, this buck's in the area. Do I want to shoot him? Yes or no? And and just collect data that way. And it also, from that standpoint and from a strategy standpoint, you know, if I have an active scrape that I would like to have, you know, have deer come and visit while I'm in the tree stand, I, you know, that's a huge benefit too. So uh, on top of that, these guys have scent elimination products they have like uh, laundry detergent they have uh, body soaps and shampoos and deodorants the they have uh, the mock scrapes obviously but then they have a full lineup of authentic scents like real urine and the cool thing about what they do is it's real urine in like one deer in one bottle and one tarsal gland in one bottle and it's not like a blend but then they also have synthetics uh, as well so go check out codebluesense.com and i do have a discount code for them as well and that is nfc20 for 20 percent off so uh, go go check that out other than that uh i tell you what man it, it was an absolute pleasure going and visiting the crew at uh, vortex uh, I, I enjoy myself every time I go there. The people who work there are spectacular, and uh, I really just have a good time uh, going and visiting like-minded individuals. So uh, enjoy this episode. If you want to go check out some more of these products, go visit VortexOptics.com. Uh, take a look at all the products they have. They have rifle scopes. They have range finders, binoculars, uh, spotting scopes, uh, tripods, and, and any type of optic accessory that you need for your firearm or your your optics themselves so go check that out uh good vibes in good vibes out and we will talk to you next time hey i'm ready when you are we're good all right his name is mark boardman how are you doing dude i'm doing good i'm doing good dan how you doing i'm doing good two years in a row i know coming to vortex i dude i love coming here it's, uh, it's a tradition at this point. It now. is. It is. And uh, the people who work here are awesome, straight up. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Well, you're awesome as well. It's always <laughs> nice. Um, it always just makes a uh, a visit like that much more fun when Heck everybody's yeah. just laid back, having a good time. I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, you played a little softball last yes. night. Yes. And that was actually one of the first questions I wanted to talk to you about. You didn't. I I was a DH. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Two two questions. Number one, I I hit once, popped out once. Mm-hmm. Purely from where you were standing as a spectator, what did you think of my personal performance? So, uh, number one, by the numbers, I think you're doing just fine. Five hundred is pretty good. Right. Yeah. Uh, I liked the uh, 
you were showing a lot of versatility out there. Yep. Okay. With your swing. Okay. Uh, pitches were coming in awfully high. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, those are tough to hit. Yeah. Right. Uh, in your first at bat, when you got your hit, mm-hmm. got on base. Mm-hmm. I think you scored too. Eventually, didn't? Did you? Did you bring it? Did you get around? No. And come home. Uh, there was a force out at home, and I did not score. Okay, that's yep. what it was. Um, you kind of got a. Uh, you don't get a lot of chances mm-hmm. in the softball. No. So you kind of got to swing at anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way you cho- like you chopped at that ball, mm-hmm. but to me that showed like a lot of versatility. It's like, hey, no matter how this comes in, I'm going to give it a rip and get a base hit. You know, yeah. and everybody, yeah. everybody pops and out every kills. once in a while. Speed kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't call me fast usually, but I felt like I outran that. I, I outran that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could have been an error. Deal. No, 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 no. There's there was there was no risk of you not getting on base okay. with that one. Right. Uh but yeah, you came in high. I mean you came down on it. <laughs> Bam. You know? What do you think about the rest of the team? And I'm gonna ask this question at the next podcast we do too. Um I know it's a for fun league, but if you were gonna tweak, if you were the manager of that team, what would you tweak so that your guys' record was not one and nine? It's been a tough season. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I, I'll full disclosure. So I am on the roster. Okay. I haven't. Uh, I haven't played a down yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm on IR right now. I hurt my shoulder. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Bear hunting, actually. Really. I wasn't an attack. I fell. I had a heavy pack on. Yeah. I fell forward and. Uh, I don't know, like my shoulder felt like it kind of like moved out of place and then it moved back into place. Was this a bow hunt or a gun hunt? It was a gun hunt. Okay. So yeah. you were safe. You you still could pull off the shot if necessary. Yeah, and I think even if I was bow hunting, like I could have, you know, managed through it, right? Yeah. I mean, it was on the second day we hunted the rest of the week, right? Gotcha. Um, but it's still a little... Um, Tender. It's just a little effy, okay. you know? I don't know. Yeah. That happens, man. That happens. Oh, so what was I, what your question? What would I tweak? Yeah, what would you tweak to make your team better? Uh, nothing. Nothing. No. You guys got a lot of heart. It's a good group of folks. Yeah. Lots of heart. Tons of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Uh, yeah. I mean, you brought up the fun. Everybody's having a good time. Yep. You know, a lot of cheering. Cheering. Uh, maybe the other teams are getting annoyed by that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it gets in their head. I don't think. I don't think it's gotten in their head. You know, you look at the record a little bit. I think last night should have been. Uh, a different outcome. Yeah. You know, you hate to uh you hate to blame it on maybe a call here or a call there. Yeah, you guys did get uh some a couple there a were, couple bad calls. There was one that was like pretty bla- like almost a makeup call from a previous. Is that what day. it was? It, I, I'm guessing it could have been. Cuz it was like, man, this guy was out at first by I mean half a mile. Half a mile. Yeah. And uh, and then the the result of that on base was you know four runs that yep. pretty big deficit to overcome yep. there. Yep. So, well, I'm sure that your audience is just riveted, riveted with the, the uh, yeah. yeah the details of the softball game. Well, the the what I'm basically trying to do is this new form of journalism where you talk shit on your friends, and then I would bring that clip back to them and then ask them to talk shit on you, and that just helps with ratings. Yeah, I refuse to do that. Okay, Dan. all right. My loyalty runs deep. That's good, and that's a that's an honorable trait. That's an honorable trait. <laughs> <laughs> the ratings are going to suffer, but it's an honorable trait. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, 
this is the Hunting Gear Podcast. And uh, today we're going to talk, I mean, it's been a while since we've talked strictly Vortex gear mm-hmm. um, and apparel now. I mean, that's a big thing for you guys. But um, it's been a while since we've done a podcast where we talk about the new introductions uh, within the past year. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. And we, uh, for those of you who are list, just listening to this, you can also go listen to this on YouTube and uh, or watch this on YouTube and you're going to be able to see what we're talking about. We're going to describe it for, for you guys, but we're going to, you're going to be able to see it. Now, my question to you is where, when you guys are looking to do a, a product launch or expand a category, whether that's a spotter or an accessory or a bino, what, what are those conversations like? And how do you, out of those conversations, how do you pick what category to attack and, and introduce a new product? So I'd say, you know, when you look at our, uh, you know, our product lineup as a whole, mm-hmm. it's a, a, a pretty broad spectrum, right? Right. Covering at least, you know, in the, in the optics game, like all the major categories, mm-hmm. right? We've got uh, binoculars, rifle scopes, spotting scopes, range finders, red dots, tripods, yeah. uh, related accessories. Um, now, within those categories, one thing that I feel like we work hard at and do a really good job at is providing, uh, I guess, you know, tiers of, of price and performance within each category. So even, even when you get to like, you know, a binocular category, it's going to be a deep category. It's going to go everything from, you know, what I consider like our entry point all the way on up top, uh, binoculars that compete at that true top tier of optical performance, right? Uh, something for everybody. Uh, at the end of the day though, at each one of those tiers, you know, we want to make sure if somebody spends, you know, if you spend 230 bucks with Vortex, by golly, it's going to be the best $230 binocular on the market. Same if you spend, you know, upwards of $1,000, right? Right. Um, so that that being said, uh, it's just spotting the holes, right? Right. You know, finding, finding the white space, uh, updating things, uh, monitoring current trends. Uh, a lot of feedback mm-hmm. from our customers, uh, you know, feedback that just, you know, comes in, whether they're a, a person calls customer care department. Um, we got a lot of folks that are uh, incredibly passionate about, you know, all the activities, whether it's hunting, uh, long range precision shooting, uh, action shooting, right? I mean, people are competing at um, extremely high levels in some of these competition realms. They're coming into contact with like-minded people, right? And a lot of those people, I mean, those are the ones they're finding those like little nuanced tweaks. They're pushing yeah. the edge. Maybe they're even tweaking their equipment themselves. You know, I modified this, or you know, some of those more special, you know, more specialized person is going to have, you know, some of that uh, feedback that's going to be like, oh yeah, like that's an interesting thing to think about. And then of course we have the the product development team, which uh, you know, a lot of hardcore end users, but they have that engineering mindset. You know, yeah. like you said, they're doing the product research, market research, um, yeah. you know, the product team, you know. So, really, it's a team effort, Yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, price, right, performance, like, like you mentioned, uh, and, and everything in between, right? You, you some guys... Like, for example, we're going to hear in a little bit, we're going to talk about the Triumph HD. You said that's a $100 pair of binoculars. Right. Right. And so you got everything from that all the way up to some some more expensive 
you know, a uh, higher cost. And that, that's probably going to give you a little bit higher performance as well. But um, the cool thing about Vortex is everything that you guys do is is amazing, in my opinion, as far Appreciate as it. the quality of this Triumph. I just looked through it. It's sweet. I mean, it's now I haven't tested it in low light conditions yet, but I'm assuming it's going to perform very well, just like the rest of the stu stuff you guys do. I'd say for $99, it's going to do a really darn good, good yeah. job. And so you, you've talked a little bit about um, how you guys bring stuff to the table. How much do you guys weigh customer feedback? Heavily. Heavily. And has, from, from your experience, has that ever um, been the driving force in a new product or a tweak to an old product? I, I would I'd I'd be hard pressed to say that any product that we came out with didn't have some sort of customer feedback element to it. Like it would be yeah. it'd be impossible, right? Um, you know, customers have a really strong voice. Now it might not be something um, that somebody like emailed in, like oh you ought to do this, mm -hmm. right? It could be, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it it you know you go on. There's so much. Um, there's so many places where people can vocalize, you know, their thoughts on things, yeah. right? Um, you know, whether that's you know, the internet or or wherever. Um, yeah, I mean, if ultimately, like, if if customers don't want it, yeah, you know, it's not going to do well, right? And so, let's let's just kind of when your customer, like, when you get customer feedback, what steps? Like, one guy obviously goes, hey, I think you should do this. You're like, oh, okay, take it with a grain of salt. But if 50 people say that, say it, now you're kind of on to something here, right? Mm -hmm. And so at what point do you guys start taking customer feedback seriously? I mean, obviously, uh, from, a, from a PR, you, you're, you have to say we take every customer uh, seriously. Mm -hmm. But from changing a product – Obviously, one guy is not going to, you know, one guy isn't going to change the cost analysis of a particular product, right? So mm -hmm. how, at what point do you guys go, okay, what, we need to reevaluate this or add this or make this? I mean, I'd say, yeah, everything's taken into consideration, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, it's kind of like that classic, uh, you know, funnel. That, yeah. I mean, and that, you know, input or suggestions, can come from anywhere. They can come from a comment, can come from an email, phone call. Um, you might just, you know, spot a trend online or something like that. And I think, yeah. you know, the big thing is like, um, and like I said, so many people here, they are that passionate mm -hmm. end user. So you have a filter right there yeah. as far as like, oh, yeah, that does or doesn't make sense. Um, or, uh, you know, and same with the product development team. You know, I mean, they're pretty crack squad. They're smart yeah. folks, you know. They know they know what's going on in the space, um, but yeah, like you said, you can you can spot trends, or or maybe your spot, or, or maybe you are, um, and probably the development team is probably folks you got to ask about this. But um, you know, they could be working on a project, and I'm sure they're you know watching the trends and like mm -hmm. you know like you hear this, you hear this. Yep, we're on the right track. We're on okay. the right track. So. Yeah. Uh, how difficult is it to manage? I mean, there's obviously a lot of people that work here, but how difficult is it to manage? I mean, we're looking in, in one year, you have multiple uh, uh, tripods, you got bi binos, you got rifle scopes, you got red dots, you got accessories, 
you got uh, rangefinder within the last year, uh, ring, you know, rifle scope rings. How difficult is it to manage all of this, and 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 then be able to keep it on track for a launch on a given date? You know, I mean, by and large, a lot of these are multi-year projects. Yeah. Right. Um, from the development to you know. Uh, you know the uh you know the planning the launch and i mean it like it it takes a while to to spin these things up mm-hmm. to make sure they're right to test them right before right. launch things like that um so they're all pretty big projects and and like you said all the things you mentioned i mean golly that's just about uh something in every category yeah. that we offer i guess sands spotting scopes uh right now but yeah so uh, a lot going on and it takes a lot of people, you know, yeah. and I mean, it's, you know, probably cliche, but man, it is a team effort. We're yeah. so fortunate to have, um, you know, I guess multiple teams throughout mm-hmm. the company. Everybody's, you know, got a single goal in mind and, and that's yeah. to, you know, do the, do the best job we can bring, bring the, bring the best products we can to market to get them in our customers' hands so they can have the best, you know, optical experience, uh, yeah, that they can in the field. I I always, so full disclosure here. Like uh, Vortex partners with the Nine Finger Chronicles, and I have to do an ad read for you guys at the beginning of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, right? Yeah. And so I always talk about um, lifelong customers. Sure. Right? And the way I look at it is this: you guys have this VIP warranty, mm-hmm. which doesn't if 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 my dog chews on a binocular or I run over it or it burns up in a house fire, I can send it in. Right. And what this does is it actually is preventing people like vortex from making money in, in a roundabout way. Right. If you kind of look at it like that, like, Hey, I could go buy another, you guys could buy another uh, pair of binoculars from vortex. Sure. But you, you don't. So talk to us about, the VIP warranty a little bit in regards to that leading to maybe lifelong customers when they do decide to upgrade or jump into a new category. I think you nailed it, right? You know, I mean, Vortex has always had a, you know, I guess a, a, a long-term approach, a, uh, a customer focused mm-hmm. philosophy since day one Mm -hmm. like we're not we're not into short-term gains i mean we're in this thing for the long haul uh we're not interested in one-time customers we want to build customers for life yeah um and that goes yes that benefits vortex right but um it's it was kind of uh you know i guess you know like if you build it they will come right right but um At at the time, it was like pretty revolutionary. Yeah, you know, or or in some ways, like every company has a great warranty, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and uh, you know the story's been uh, you know, told before, at least you know internally. But um, uh, you know, Joe Hamilton, early on in the Vortex days, you know, was like doing sales stuff, you know, and his dad was like, "Hey, we're gonna have you know, we got this warranty, we've got this, we got this, we got you know, all these things, you know, checking all these boxes." And Joe, I'm paraphrasing this story very, very tightly, but he comes back from a big show. He's like, you know, Dad, like everybody else 
has these things too. Like I thought this was like a big standout differentiator. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Dan was like, but we're going to do it. But we're actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, and and that's what we've done. You know, I mean, if you're a Vortex customer, number one, we try to build our stuff, I would say, so you never have an issue in the first place. Yeah. Right? Uh, we work hard at that. If our stuff didn't perform, this model would not work. Yeah. Right? Uh, but like you said, stuff does happen. Whilst, you know, your dog gets a hold of something, you know, heaven forbid you have a house fire or a truck fire or something like that. Uh, I mean, we've had wild stories. Uh, you know, uh, one person got kicked in the chest by a horse, broke his binos in half. You know, he actually, he's like, I think these binos might've saved my life. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, spotting scope falls off a cliff. Yeah. Right. Like the, the areas in which we use our sport optics mm-hmm. uh, are oftentimes not the friendliest, right? Right. Stuff's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's a lifetime, unconditional, no fault, transferable, no paperwork to fill out, yeah. you know, hassle-free. Like, if, if you're a Vortex customer, we're going to take care of you. And by doing that, whether a person has to ever use the warranty or not, like, You've got the peace of mind that you're going to be taken care of. And, it, and yeah. if you do have an issue, something happens, we're going to take care of you quick. Yeah. So, I mean, like I'd say oftentimes shorter than this, but I'd say, you know, definitely inside of two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So you're part of the marketing department. And when, mm-hmm. I, when I hear marketing, I hear, I hear the word message, mm-hmm. right? What kind of message are you trying to tell whether it's current customers or future customers of vortex what what's the message man um i mean it's really just like high quality high performing products Mm -hmm. at a at a very fair price Mm -hmm. that um like like we talked about before that that are covered for life you know and that are gonna be you know the best optic to suit your lifestyle and uh you know your optics related activities yeah um that's what i was that's what i was wanting to get out of you is i look i'm in the vortex studio right now and i'm looking at all the pictures behind you over mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. uh guy with a spotter in a mountain setting, some a military guy down in the bottom left, you know, with it on a, a rifle, you know, sport shooters, you know, you even have a cook here, a, a, a rifle scope with a hunter, another spotting scope, binos, so forth and so on. And so it looks to me like the message is this is you with our stuff. Like you're talking to the customer saying this is you. Right. But here's our stuff. In, in your world, and it's going to perform in your world. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, we're lucky. Mm-hmm. We're, In my opinion, we're so lucky because we get to, uh, you know, from, like I said, the development side to the marketing side to the customer service side, we work in a space that um, provides products for, you know, activities that people are passionate about right right i mean in including myself Mm -hmm. you know so many people here our customers your life and your identity Mm -hmm. and the things that you 
are doing like outside of your nine to five revolve around what these products are for. Right. Right. Uh, it makes them fun. It makes them exciting. It's, it's easy to be excited about it from, from our side of the fence because we are customers too here. Um, and so, yeah. And, and as far as, um, yeah, the, the marketing, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle, Yeah, you know, whether you're like a competitive shooter, whether you're a hunter, whether you're in the military, I mean, that, you know, these are all integral parts of, of, of people's lives and important parts of people's lives. Um, yeah, yeah that's the lifestyle. And, I mean, and, and we, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of, you know, there's some, I guess, higher profile people that you could say, you know, that, that appear in our marketing. And then there's average Joe's regular folks too, yep. you know, yep. for lack of a better word. Yep. Absolutely. Probably most important folks. Absolutely. That's yeah. us. Yes. That's everybody. Okay. We have all these pieces in front of us. Uh, where do you want to start? You know, you brought up the Triumph 10 by 42 and so let's uh, let's start there. Okay. So, so talk to me about this, this binocular. Um, I have a pair of binoculars that are sitting in my, that I've had for maybe eight years, and they are due for a VIP warranty update. Okay, okay? sure. I sure. forgot them this week. I wanted, I, what I wanted to do was drop them off and watch them do it. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, basically what I, w- what I want to talk about is um, this, yeah, the, the Triumph HD here. Talk to us about why this, why this uh, 10 by 42, why this price point, and uh, fill us in. So, yeah, like, like we mentioned earlier, it's, it's a 10 by 42 binocular, which I'd say, you know, that, that 10 by 42 configuration is, I mean, it's, pretty much the most popular configuration. I mean, that's kind of like the do-all workhorse. You know, you could be a hardcore whitetail hunter. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, a great configuration for what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You could go out west and be chasing mule deer or elk, or, um, and it's going to be phenomenal for that as well. It's just kind of like that do-all configuration. Now, I will say, Dan, early on in this process, talking to, like, the product development team, they're like, yeah, we're gonna try and develop a uh, a ninety nine dollar binocular, you know, a binocular that retails for ninety nine dollars. And in my head, I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea for Vortex. I don't think it's a good idea for our brand. I'm not sure it's a good idea for our customers. Do you, you think know, thinking, you were thinking that it was going to be, it was going to cheapen the brand? And 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 probably so that potentially yeah. right and. And not give our customers a optical experience. A good optical experience. That's, yeah. you know, going to represent what we are about. What I didn't know, Dan, um, is that uh, the product development team could, could do this for $99. Yeah. Like, I was astounded when I first looked through those, when I saw the form factor, the, uh, the industrial design, um, you know, smoothness of the focus wheel features the feature set that the binocular has you know is it is it a is it a razor uhd 10 by 42 no it's yeah. not right uh which you know i guess for listeners like that's our kind of top tier mm-hmm. or that is our top tier binocular that we offer but is a it's a darn good binocular and it yeah. and it puts good optical performance in performance in general within reach of um you know folks who 
uh, may not have the coin, mm-hmm. like a lot of folks might not, you know, yeah. to 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 spend on, you know, maybe a, a you know a higher performing uh, binocular. But um, man, it's gonna do a lot, and it's not gonna kill you in your pocketbook. Okay. Um, and it, and like we talked a little bit earlier about white space, like that was a bracket that we didn't have quite filled yet. Yep. yep. Um, Who is the customer for this? I think it could be anybody. I, I, it could be, um, it could be an Eastern hunter. It could be a Western hunter. Like I said, um, it could be a person that wants a, you know, that doesn't have, you know, a, t- a ton of coin to spend, but still needs a quality pair of binoculars. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be a person that, uh, wants a truck bino, they're mm-hmm. going to leave it in the console of their truck, and, and maybe they drive country work roads to work every day, and they don't want to leave their primary set of binos in the truck, but, yep. you know, they're going to they're gonna keep these in their truck, so they always have them. Uh, could be folks that have a cabin up north and want a, a good binocular to set on the windowsill. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, um, it's funny, I oftentimes bring my own, but, you know, you'll do like a like a VRBO cabin somewhere, right? Yep. And, and oftentimes there's a set of binoculars at the cabin, yep. you know. From the 1960s. <laughs> right. And you look through it and you're like, why? Like this this might as well be like decor, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, in fact, that's probably, that's the best that's, thing that it's used for. Right. Like, um, oh, those look outdoorsy, huh? but they're not good for looking through. Um, so, yeah, it, it's for that. It's for, um, you know, I'd say maybe a youth. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes, I know I didn't have a lot of money growing up. Uh, first pair of binoculars as a gift. First yeah. pair of binoculars as a gift. Yep. You know, uh, your uh, I guess you know your your frame. You know your build. Like your, you know you're going to be able to handle a full size binocular. You know this is full size binocular. Still like compact and lightweight, but yep. you know this be considered a full size binocular. Um, you know, perfect perfect for that first set. I also know as a youth, I wasn't the most responsible with my equipment, so yep. uh, you lose them. Or something like that. It's not going to be, you know, financially the end of the world. Um, I'd say try not to lose them, obviously. Um, Yeah, they're just, like I said, I I was uh, incredibly impressed with with the outcome. I was was skeptical on the front end and and very impressed uh, with the result. So kudos to the team. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to get these in the tree stand this year. You know. Uh, in Iowa, for sure. And then, you know, as far as, you know, talking through the feature set, you know, HD optical system, fully multi-coated, uh, nitrogen purged, twist-up eye cups, right-eye diopter. Um, like I said, the, the form the form factor industrial design, in my opinion, is is, is very appealing. Um, yeah, just, just, it's just and, a solid set of nine. And the same VIP warranty. And the same VIP yep. warranty. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and actually, I should say, which I don't have one here. I don't know if we have one in the room. comes with our glass pack binocular harness. Yep. So that's like nearly even a $50 value. Oh, so like it comes you, with a, okay. So maybe I've got a, do I have a picture of it? Oh, so I don't know. Folks, I was going to grab one before I came in. But um, anyway, it comes with the, the glass pack binocular harness. So yes. you're, you're getting that with it too. Yeah. So a very high value, you know, package. A person's going to be able to hit the ground running, running with it. Yep. And, and um, go glass up some bucks. There you go. All right. What's next? Um. Well, since we got him here right now, and we're kind of on the, uh, we're kind of on the, uh, I guess the uh, economical mm-hmm. side of things. Got the Mountain Pass tripod here. And tripods are fairly new for you guys, right? Uh, I mean, we've had tripods throughout the years, yep. but um, yeah, these this is a brand new model 
and uh, you know, and then we've you know updated some models, and we actually have uh, a sneak peek, I guess, at press time mm-hmm. here. I think probably when this podcast hits, we'll have launched this other tripod that we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, Mountain Pass tripod, uh, aluminum leg set, fairly lightweight uh, lever lock leg system. Uh, I really like lever locks. Yeah. Uh, just a you know uh, single twist, you know, two way pan head. Uh, Arca Swiss plate on top. So a lot of our spotting scopes, the f- actual foot of the uh, spotting scope yeah. is, you know. It's, is it it's, standard? It's Arca. Arca. Yeah. Yep. You know, th- that Arca, I mean, that really is becoming the standard kind of across the board. It seems like, you know, even even in our lineup, you know, we had like, I'm not saying this exactly, but if we had four different tripods, they might have four different plates. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you're not getting, maybe you have two Vortex tripods, now you have two different styles. But anyway, so all of our tripods these days are, you know, have an Arca footprint. Yep. Um, all of our spotting scopes have an Arca footprint. Well, so you don't need, you wouldn't need to necessarily use a plate with this, right? right. The spotter would just boop, plug right in. Um, yeah, let me, uh, with the weight on this thing, we're looking at, yeah, 3.1 pounds, so relatively lightweight. Uh, and it's going to retail for like one forty nine ninety nine, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, you pair this with, you know, maybe one of our, you know, like you could pair it with any spotting scope, you know, but you've got a moderately priced spotting scope. Maybe you pair it with the, uh, the Triumph H Triumph HD 10 by 42 and you throw a, uh, binocular adapter so you can glass off a tripod with your binos. You got a pretty darn effective system yeah. for not, not a ton of money. Right. You're going to be able to do some work with it. Right. Right. Um, when you guys said, hey, we're going to introduce or we're going to have binoculars or, uh, excuse me, tripods. So a couple of years ago uh, when I was, you know, I, you need a, tri- a good tripod for a spotting scope. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Google or, excuse me, uh, Amazon. And sure. I, I entered in lightweight tripod. And I think I paid. 30 bucks for it it's lightweight but it's garbage i mean from just from all the standpoints what what did it, it was like it was lightweight so it was easy just to <laughs> throw it in the trash yeah i mean i i uh yeah i mean the the thing that made me mad was the sand would get in the legs here oh sure and then it just you're forcing it and uh it, it's just it's it's run its course right and so when you guys are starting to talk about tripods, I mean, you obviously don't want to carry a brick into the backcountry, or, sure. or be hauling around something extremely long and compact, or, or extremely long and heavy. Um, what's the thought going into tripods, and and how you need how they need to perform for a client? You know, I mean, I'd say, um, what's the application? Right. Right. You know, and that's where a lot of this stuff comes down to. But, um, you know, we have everything from, you know, the Mountain Pass. We've got the Summit Carbon II, which is, I'd say, I don't have one here right now. But, you know, as far as, like, uh, you know, form factor, going to be pretty pretty similar. But it's got carbon leg set. It's going to be lighter. It's got twist lock legs. Um, so, you know, that would be something like, oh, yeah, let's, let's pack this into the high country. Now, I will say, um, you know, but a, um, a lighter – you know, I guess, you know, more compact tripod mm-hmm. likely will have a little bit shorter leg set mm-hmm. on it, right? 
Uh, for some people, that's going to fit the bill. Like for me, that really fits the bill. I do most of my uh, tripod work from the sitting position. Uh, do you want to shoot off your tripod? Yeah. That's getting incredibly, and we're going to get to that a little bit. You know, that's getting incredibly popular these days. Uh, are you in an area where uh, the landscape, the brush is tall? And uh, and you d you need to be standing. Okay, mm -hmm. well that's going to come into play with the model. Yeah. You know, does the leg set get high enough? Yeah. Uh, I am extremely weight conscious because mm -hmm. I'm a pansy when it comes to weight. Yep. Weight equals stability. Yep. Right. So or or at least you know has a a direct impact on stability, yep. uh, resistance to wind, resistance to vibration, yep. um, how much uh, weight. Um, you know, a you know a bigger, more robust tripod can oftentimes hold more weight. Okay, well, what are you putting on the tripod? Yeah, you know, are you are you are you uh, shooting off of it, and you've got a twenty-five pound rifle? Okay, well, this probably isn't the mount pass. Probably isn't going to be your best choice for that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I got you. But for yeah, this one just good economical, hardworking tripod. You know. Yep. Absolutely. All right, um, and this big dog here. What this is this is something that is coming out in July. Yes. Okay. So when you hear this, it will already be out, or yeah, it'll already be out. Um, what explain is this uh, carbon fiber? It is. Yeah. Okay. Talk to us about it. Uh, this tripod is really cool. So this is the switchback carbon uh, twist lock leg set coming in at 4.6 pounds. So, like, if you're watching on YouTube or you see one in the store, it looks like, oh, it's like, oh, that's pretty robust. Like, yeah. I would guess that at more than 4.6 pounds just yeah. looking at it. So I'd say, you know, uh, incredibly lightweight for what you're getting with it. Uh, it's incredibly stable. I think I mentioned it's got a twist lock leg set. Where this one shines to me is it's, it's, it's a, a hybrid tripod. Mm -hmm. Uh Definitely purpose-built for shooting off of, but also purpose-built for glassing off of, whether you're going to be doing um, tripod glassing with your binoculars or you're hucking the spotting scope on it. It's just going to – it provides a lot of uh, performance and and versatility. Uh, you can get it super low. As, as you can see, it doesn't have, like, you know, a huge center column, so you can splay those legs out super low. Yep. Uh, the legs get, you know, super long, so if you're on steep terrain and maybe you've got, you know, again, I guess it's easier to see for watching on YouTube, but you got, you know, these two legs are about like they are here, but the hill drops off hard, boom, you can extend that leg, yep. you know, pretty darn far, get the tripod stable, whether you're glassing or you're trying to execute a shot. So, yeah. Um, very smooth head. Uh, it's in my opinion, it's kind of like a hybrid head too. It's like a ball head, but it's also a pan head. Uh, it's doing a lot. It's it's really cool. I mean, quite ingenious, really. And uh, for I'd say a lot of folks, it's gonna be double duty for yeah. for you know their glassing and their shooting. And and we touched on it a minute ago, but shooting off of tripods is just like getting more and more yeah. and more popular and for good reason. It it provides an incredible amount of stability. Uh you know that uh that prone like bipod stability. Yeah. But I mean oftentimes you can't get prone or even be off a bipod because the grass is too tall or there's yeah. too much brush. Um 
shooting off tripods is great for you know outfitters with with clients mm-hmm. uh uh you know uh youth hunters yeah you know i mean you can and i would not i think when people look at something like this they think oh yeah long long range shooting western terrain mm-hmm. man if i was in the if i was in the midwest and hunting out of like a blind or something like that a ground blind uh and i was you know in egg country shooting over a field mm-hmm. i would be hard pressed to not uh run a tripod for that application like i said so a lot of guys are going to be using this with um you know they'll have an arca rail mm-hmm. on their rifle but if you uh if you just got you know y- yeah. your typical hunting rifle you can put more of like a saddle type mount on top and yeah. it's kind of like a, a universal for shooting off of gotcha yeah. gotcha okay um i have a question here these hooks mm-hmm. on the bottom what function do they or what, what's the purpose here you have them on both so, we talked about weight being stability a second ago, right? Yeah. So, you could have, uh, you could bring a little sack of rocks with you, you know, big stand. It's just essentially something to hook weight to. You know, maybe you're, the wind's ripping real hard, and it's just going to, you know, have the tripod sit down. It's going to decrease vibration um, and, and uh, provide an overall, I guess, you know, more steady gotcha. uh, viewing experience. Gotcha. Um, Another nice thing about carbon, though, you know, if you're like, oh, do I go with aluminum or carbon? Um, it's a little bit more dead. Yeah. Right? You know, it's not going to have that metallic, you know, yeah. if if you hit it. Uh, and it's inherently, you know, a little bit more vibration resistant as well. So right. definitely some – and the weight, right? So yep. some advantages to carbon. Gotcha. Cool, man. Um, is this – like, how, how deep do you guys – are you guys going to go into the tripod game? I mean, is this good enough or – you guys going to start being the the kings of tripods too. Uh I'd I'd say in all of our categories, you know, the goal is like um to come out with something great yep. and then never rest on our laurels. Yep. There you, know? you go. There you go. All right. Two tripods, uh go check those out. What is the next one we're going to next thing we're going to talk about? Uh a new rifle scope this year. Uh get my uh cheat sheet my cheat sheets out here just so i don't miss anything um this is the new strike eagle 3 to 18 by 44 mm-hmm. so uh it's kind of a it's an extension of our current strike eagle line which also has a, a 5 to 25 uh by 50 uh it's got a 34 millimeter tube right so what that gives a person is is an immense amount of travel uh, it's a first focal plane optical system, so it's got our uh, EBR7C reticle, so it's a data-rich reticle for folks that want to uh, shoot off their reticle. Uh, it's got a uh, pop-up and down locking elevation turret, and then a capped windage turret. Uh, so I know for myself, the way I use a rifle scope, I'm personally never going to dial my wind in the field. You could obviously pull the cap and dial wind in the field, but uh, I'm mostly interested in that elevation turret. So uh, the capped windage keeps the s- scope trim uh, and uh, a little a little bit lighter weight. And then, you know, like I said, you've got that exposed elevation turret to pop up and, and dial. Um, it's got our rev stop zero system. What's that? So it's essentially, if you were going to set it, it'd be very simple. So you can kind of see it's got that kind of, I guess, you know, Flathead, flathead yep, flathead on top. Screwdriver on top. You would just uh, 
pull that off, insert a ring, so it comes with a, a ring in here, and you plop that down in. Now, this is once you've got your scope zeroed, yep. right? Plop that down in, turn it all the way to the right, put that back, uh, put the turret back on, you know, off you go. Um, super easy to set. It's a zero stop. So when you dial your elevation, you know, you go up X amount of mils or MOA, and you want to come back home, you're like, oh, maybe I forgot, you know, where I was or what rev I'm on. Um, it's just, you know, it gives you that home position, so it's going to it's gonna stop. Um, actually, just a little bit below the zero, and then re-index it, um, and off you go. Yeah. So. Is this a, a scope for a beginner, or is this a scope for someone who kind of knows what they're doing? I'd say this is more a scope for the person who's, uh, you know, into that long-range precision game. Um, they understand ballistics data, or they're getting into ballistic data. You okay. know, they're, they're going to go through the process for getting ballistic data for the load that they're pushing through their rifle. They want to be able to dial for uh, 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 elevation correction at extended ranges. Um, but I'd also say in the same breath, this model to me is extremely versatile for a vast array of applications you know looking at it right now it's got like basically all the long-range features mm -hmm. and optical performance the person probably needs yeah. right or at least for for a lot of situations right um that 3 to 18 magnification range i love um because it's got a very functional low end yeah and for a lot of the stuff at least that i do personally like 18 is plenty of magnification now i've shot I'd say even when I've shot at a thousand yards, I'm oftentimes about on that 18 mark, right? Yeah. Um, tons of travel, track super true, optically it absolutely just kills it. Um, it's just a very high performing optic. The form factor isn't so, like I said, it's got all those long range features, but it's in a pretty lightweight, compact package for yeah. what it is. So it's going to complement a lot of rifles. It's not going to look. It wouldn't even look out of place on probably on your your typical sporting hunting rifle, right? Okay. Um, Does this would this serve uh, a tactical purpose at all? Certainly, okay. like I think like a designated marksman, gotcha. law enforcement type situations. Yeah, I, gotcha. could, I could definitely see an application there. So, uh, yeah, on on the tactical side of the house, like probably one of my personal favorites for you know how I shoot or or uh, you know use a rifle. Gotcha. Um, Okay. And like I said, tons of cr and and you can hunt with it too. You know. Yeah. I mean, I would not I would not hesitate to hunt with it. Like, again, for me personally, because that's mostly what I do. Like, yeah. I might select something different. But if a person was like, "Man, I got one, you know, one gun to do it all," well, this would be a heck of a scope for it. Yeah. It seems like it would be. It, it's a it's a workhorse for an experienced shooter. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. All right. Any anything else special about this? Uh, this like, I'm so limited on my knowledge of firearms. We need to get you out for a little long range uh, I shooting. I know. I also want to do the. I also want to do the. Oh, the hunter marksmanship course, maybe or no? Uh, down in the you have the it's a fake gun and there's all the screens surrounding oh. it. Oh, virtual reality. Yeah, the virtual system. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I want to do that someday. Um, but what I was getting at is. It almost limits what questions I know to ask about rifle scopes. So if you were in my shoes, what questions would you ask yourself to get some information about 
you know, this rifle scope and uh, any any other cool things about it that, that people should know about? I mean, I guess, you know, one feature that I lo- left off, it is um, an illuminated reticle, right? Okay. So, um, and like we said, the first focal plane optical system, that reticle, as you zoom in and out, as you go up in magnification, it will um, appear to... I guess, grow in size. As mm-hmm. you go down, it'll appear to, you know, get smaller. What that gives a person is once you go through the process of getting your ballistic data and we'll say like, oh, at 500 yards, I need to dial X amount of MOA or I need to dial X amount of mills. Uh, you can also do that off of the reticle. You can yeah. also like hold those subtensions off the reticle. So if it said like, oh, 10 M- I need to hold 10 MOA on the reticle, boom, you know, you could just hold over 10 MOA off you go and you can do that at any point in the zoom range right okay. so you could be on 10 power you could be on 18 power those subtensions are always usable yeah if you have a reticle that's a second focal plane reticle which is probably what i'd say you know most traditional hunting rifle scopes they're going to be a second focal plane reticle that reticle is going to be static whether you zoom in or, in or out the reticle will always look the same now mm-hmm. it might have uh, you know subtension markings it might have you know hash marks that um correspond with like you know a dis- uh, certain distance like in like a BDC style reticle a ballistic drop compensating reticle yep. but if it's a second focal plane optical system those subtension markings will only work at a single magnification mm-hmm. generally the rifle scope's highest magnification well you don't always want to be maxed out right, right? Uh, but you may want to use your subtension markings so that's where first focal plane comes into play so okay. and and whether you, I use both um, and, uh, for different situations, uh, and, uh, you know, one of, one of my favorite rifle scopes is our, uh, Razor HD LHT 3 to 15 by 42. And that's the second focal, we don't have one here. It's, yeah. um, that's the second focal plane optical system. So I just know if I want to hold, I got to crank her up to, th- uh, up to 15. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So there's the, uh, Strike Eagle. Um, while we're on the subject of things that go on guns let's talk about the defender red dot yeah so new this year the defender ccw red dot uh yeah it is it's an incredible dot uh and this is one that was in the works for a long time this is one that we put through its paces we did lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of durability testing uh you put a dot on a pistol man those things can take a beating right you've got that reciprocating slide um what people are using it for is a very important job, whether it's, uh, you know, a duty pistol, whether it's a concealed carry pistol. Um, it's got a lot of responsibility, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, the Defender CCW. Uh, its footprint uh, is uh, – um, actually, let me get my cheat sheet out on this, too, because I don't want to forget anything. Um, this, got, go, this goes on a handgun. So it would be right? going on a handgun, yep. Yep, okay. yep. I'd Okay, yeah, primarily, yes. right? Primarily, it's a pistol dot. Uh, uh, shield, RMS footprint, very popular footprint. Uh, right now, it's got, you know, the mount that it could go uh, on a rail, but also you can pull that off, and it's going to mount directly to that pistol. Gotcha. Um, comes in 3 MOA or 6 MOA. Uh, a, for the size, for the overall size of the red dot, it's got a very large window. Uh, 
probably the largest in this class. I don't want to say that because I'm not like I guess 100 percent sure, but I, I, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say it's in that realm. Um, you know, uh, boy, daylight bright. Uh, you know, kind of like that uh, auto on motion activated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got an auto off. Um, what else? What else? Um, is it, like wh- how is this different from the other red dots that you guys have introduced? Um, in my opinion, it's the best, like, you know, reflex style dot we've okay. come out with. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that thing. Uh, it's got, uh, just so I'm going through the features, uh, textured surface, right? Mm-hmm. On the front end here. So you pull that off, you know, uh, you may want to, you know, you might have to rack the slide by pushing to get something that's going to give you a little extra purchase. Um, it's got like, uh this guy up here which is kind of it's going to absorb shock in in the top of the housing there oh okay um yeah it's built it's built to do some work and uh like i said we just i know definitely pretty pretty proud of that one it it does a really really nice job good um, can this be mounted on a shotgun <laughs> or do you guys you guys offer different red dots for that so we have a variety of dots that work extremely well on a shotgun. And I'd say by design, this one is meant for a pistol, but yep. it does really, really well on a shotgun. Uh, I know Eric uh, in the office, he hunted that with uh, hunted with this dot on his shotgun this year. Yeah, <clears throat> I know he killed a number of turkeys with it, and he really, really enjoyed hunting with it. I've shouldered and shot that dot on a couple different turkey guns. I ended up not hunting with it just because I had a spark solar already mounted and sighted in yep. on on my turkey gun. Uh, but <clears throat> I really liked um, I really liked the size and the form factor of it. Gotcha. Like it's a little bit more petite, you know. I th- I think um, it just like it would just really mat it to me. It really match or meshed with like like the form factor of a shotgun. I thought yeah. I never had a, an issue like finding the dot in the window. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. So I don't know. Like you might see one of those on my shotgun next year, yeah. even though I really like the spark solar too. And I might be too lazy to change it out. So yeah. then I might just go with the spark. Solar <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta find the time. Um, pro rifle scope rings. Uh, is this, th- is this an accessory? So I would say the reason why I brought those, yes, they're new, right? Okay. So they fall in that new category. Yep. Uh, they're a very high-quality ring. They don't kill a person in their pocketbook. And I guess what's new about them is it's not the pro ring in general. It's that we have uh, 34 millimeters, right? So yeah. they uh, complement that Strike Eagle really, really, really uh, well. So. Okay. And, and so this is just a different style of rifle scope ring aside from what comes standard with the rifle scope it's just a so we've had the pro rings it's just a different diameter to accommodate that 34 millimeter tube so multiple okay. height options uh, and then the 34 millimeter is is what's new about it so oh, but, okay so a person you know buy a strike you go get yourself a set of 34 millimeter pro rings um you're gonna be off off to the races do you have to have do you have to have these for this scope you're going to need a, I would say, I would pair it with a high-quality 34-millimeter ring. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yep. I got gotcha. you. Um, does a ring come with the scope? Does not. No. Okay, all right. It does come, though, with, and I should have mentioned this before when we were talking about it, it comes with the, 
with a throw lever up here. Okay. So, um, really cool accessory. You know, oftentimes this is like, you know, something that you would have to buy separately. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's just going to, uh, help you, you know, once you mount it on the magnification ring, it's going to facilitate like, you know, really fast, you know, mag changes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Magnification, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have, uh, we have anything else that we need to know about these, these rings. I think that's about it. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then obviously this is a hunting well, I guess not really hunting, but I mean, you can use it for any type of shooting I, if you want, but I, I'm a hunter. Yeah. So I look at this as a hunter. We have the Razer HD 4000. Um, I have the Ranger, I believe. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a minute. We should probably get you updated, but I'm glad it's, I, I'm, dude, I'm glad it's still working. Oh right dude, now. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, I've only had to change the battery once in it. And so I dude, I love it, but this looks like a bit of an upgrade. Uh, talk to us about this Razer HD 4000 uh, range, rangefinder. So, uh, yeah, so the Razer HD 4000 has been in the lineup for a while. Now, Dan, this is the Razer HD 4000 GB. Oh, what does GB stand for? That stands for Geo Ballistics, okay. right? So not only does this rangefinder have, um, in my opinion, incredible optics for a rangefinder. It's got an illuminated display a max, you know, reflective of 4,000 yards, which I don't know about you. That's probably a little bit further than I'm going to shoot at game. Uh, it's got the uh, geoballistics uh, onboard ballistics uh, solver, right? So once a person gets this set up, and it's actually got a, a really cool app that it pairs with, uh, you don't have to have the app. Once you get it set up, you don't have to have, to have the app open mm-hmm. for the unit to use, but it pairs with the app, easy setup. Once you've got it set up for the load that you're pushing through the rifle that that you're going to be using, it's going to give you a ballistic solution when you range, right? So um, in the past where I know, like, you know, I guess we'll take a hunting situation. We're talking hunting here where it's like, oh, I range this thing. It's at uh, 525 yards. Okay, now I'm either going to, um, um, you know, uh, uh, check a dope sheet, right, wherever I have that. Maybe it's taped to my stock. Maybe it's in, my, in a pocket in my pack. Maybe it's in my bino harness. Okay, now I've looked at the dope sheet. Oh, I need to dial X amount of mils or MOA to execute the shot. Now I'm going to the rifle scope. I'm going to dial that. Oh, wait, did I, did I check the right spot on the dope sheet? Maybe I'm going to recheck that because I want to make sure the shot goes off correctly. It's going to give you that ballistic solution in the field of view, right? Yeah, so that's nuts. It's by gonna, the way, it's going to be it's it's just very fast, very efficient, um, and it's going to give you, I guess, what I consider like a real time ballistic solution, right? So it's also got an onboard environmental sensors, right? So you know, temperature, altitude, <laughs> things like that. Um, that's gnarly. That number one. So like for me, I look at something like this and I go. Okay, it's telling me the air temperature. It's telling me the angle, uh, mm-hmm. like the the oh, the angle of my shot, right? Angles. Yep. And, and so, is this more of a firearms rangefinder, or is this could, is this the could a bow hunter use this as well? So I mean, so it's always going to give you the range, yeah. right? So if you wanted it to do double duty, it's it's certainly going to do that. I'd yeah. say where that ballistic software shines is for you know the person who is looking to. Uh, shoot long range, extend their effective range, um, you know, in hunting scenarios, 
and also wants to just be the absolute most accurate that they that they can be, right? Like when I was talking before about like, and it's worked, you know, but like, oh, I referenced my dope sheet. Well, that dope sheet is set for, like I always set mine for like kind of like a general parameter, like, oh, it's yeah. 50 degrees. And it's like, oh, well, where I'll be hunting, you know, I might be at um, between four and 8,000 feet. So then I'll kind of do cater my ballistics to like 6,000 to kind of like, you know, fudge either way. Yep. Um, this is just going to give you that customized ballistic solution for the actual place where you are at that moment, right? Yeah. So it's just going to be that more accurate. Um, and it just, it, yeah, it does a really nice job. Pretty intuitive setup. Uh, it's got two wind modes on it. Whenever, uh, when you're shooting long range, you know, it's kind of the, the variable, it's like, I call it the dreaded wind. Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing that's probably the most difficult to learn mm -hmm. and account for. So you've got a full crosswind mode that you could set to, say, 5 or 10 miles an hour. So it's going to give you a wind hold if you're like, yeah, I think it's about 5, I think it's about 10. Um, and then, um, or you can enter a customized wind number. You know, maybe, uh, maybe you've got access to a weather station. Maybe you've got a Kestrel, so you're getting a wind reading at your position. Uh, it pairs with a Kestrel as well, so um, you know that's of note for people that that want to use um, that device. Um, and so, yeah, what's its max range? Is that four thousand? Yeah, yep. mm -hmm. gotcha. gotcha. Uh, and it also has, uh, like I said, it's got full crosswind. It's also got a wind bearing capture mode, so it's got an onboard digital compass, right? So if you know, like, like I'm shooting across the canyon, it's like, yeah, I've got a I think the wind is like 10 miles per hour, but mm -hmm. the wind might not be coming like at a full value right, left, right? You can face into the wind and be like, okay, the wind's coming from this direction. Boom, I'm going to capture that uh, compass reading. And then it's going to adjust your wind hold for, yeah, it's 10 miles an hour, but it's coming from this vector. Yeah. And that's going to change your wind hold. Yeah. So um, really cool unit. I've gotten yeah. to use it this last year. Uh, a fair amount, and uh, it's it's neat. Yeah, that's awesome. I can, yeah, definitely for. I, mean, I just like back in the day. I don't know whenever that was. Yeah, you know, uh, there was none of this type of technology. No, for any type of long range shooter, right? And now there's apps that you can enter in information. Uh, you know, I see there's a Bluetooth. Uh, button, yep, in, uh, or uh, light up in the in the viewfinder here, which tells you that whatever. I'm sure you can measure what it is on your phone, and connect you know connect the two. So yeah, so that's you know that's what that's how you're gonna you know pair the app yep. to uh, to the unit itself for yep. setup or, and then you know you can use it with the app open. Mm -hmm. You know if you've got uh, or you can you know uh, the beauty of it too is you could have your phone. You could forget your phone in the truck, and once you get the unit set up, it's going to remember the ballistic profile that you have set. It's going to – you can have three profiles loaded onto the unit so as well, or three – excuse me, three active profiles, okay. right? So um, let's say you and I were hunting together. I could load your rifle on and my rifle, and if you were going to shoot, I could switch to your profile, boom, range, and give you your ballistic solution. So you, you learn the ballistics – by by shooting, you enter it in the, in the phone, mm -hmm. uh, and then you range, and then the outcome of whatever it is that the environment that you're in, 
kicks back to the phone and it tells you where and how to adjust your scope. Yes, but it, once you get it set up, it will it will do it. It will give you all that information just in the display of the uh, device. As okay, well. all right. So like it'll do it'll do both. So yeah. I mean, so I'm on a sheep hunt. It's 800 yards away, and it's windy as shit. I I range. It's a tough shot. Yeah, I range, but it's a once in a lifetime shot, right? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not windy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> you t- you're. It's a little windy. It's very cold, let's say. All the readings from that come to your eye, mm-hmm. and then you make the adjustments and you, on. And then you make the adjustment on, on the rifle scope. On the rifle scope. Yeah. So it's it's a cheat. It's a cheat code, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's going to give you, you know, what I would consider the most precise, up-to-date data to, to execute that shot. Man, that's pretty cool. Um, what was I? I was just thinking of something else uh, with it. Oh. So, you know, as far as setup, so the, uh, you know, the app has a very robust bullet library. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, you know, a common, you know, long range, well, I mean, it could be, uh, you know, whatever, maybe you're shooting a a 127 Barnes LRX, maybe you're shooting, you know, from Barnes, Uh, maybe you are, uh, you know, shooting, I guess I'm talking 6.5 Creed stuff right now because it's off the top of my head, but, you know, like a one. 143 ELDX from from Hornady, right? Mm-hmm. You know, from the Precision Hunter line. You can go when you go into the app instead of like going to the manufacturer's website and be like, okay, so what's the B- ballistic coefficient of that bullet? What's the you know, um, that stuff will be those I guess data points will be in the library, so you can just select 65 Creed 143 ELDX, and it's gonna like auto populate a lot of the attributes of that bullet that you're going to need okay. to get okay. to Ma- build that ballistic profile. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool, man. Um, and then you're, I mean, for utmost accuracy, you know, you're going to want to chrono your chronograph your gun, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, box posted velocities are yeah. just that, right? It's going to be a little bit different out of every gun. So good data in, good data out. That's a fact. You know? That's a fact. Well, that's interesting, man. Uh, another good year for Vortex and, and some new some new products that uh, you guys have brought to market. Um, obviously, all of this stuff is online, and mm-hmm. people can go to vortexoptics.com and check it out. Yeah, check it out online. Check it out at your local retailer. Um, you know, it's always a good place to look at. You know, uh, I always say, you know, these things are looking; they're for looking through. So, yeah, it helps to look through them when when making your decisions. But yeah, all, all fun stuff. Uh, yeah, touching a, you know, the, the new stuff within the last year touches uh, a lot of categories, which is always always fun and. And, uh, yeah, some stuff that genuinely excited excited about, for sure, That's and have been using. Yeah, for sure. Well, Mr. Mark, I appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your day to, to come and do this, man. Absolutely, man. No, it's always a pleasure. It's always having you. Uh, nice having you visit, Dan. We don't do it enough, but, hey, I mean, we're we're getting consistent. There you go. I like that. Two, two, times, in a, or in a, two times in a row is a trend. Yeah. Right? It's at the beginning of one, anyway. So next year will definitely be a trend. I mean, we're probably on the cusp of tradition at this point. Dare I say. Dare I say. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> cool. Nope. Thanks, Dan.